The HD Insights Podcast is brought to you by the Huntington Study Group. The Huntington Study Group is a nonprofit research organization dedicated to conducting clinical research in HD and providing critical training on HD to healthcare professionals. Funding for this podcast is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you and sponsorship grants from organizations like Genentech, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, Vasinex, and Wave Life Sciences. Hello, and welcome to this latest edition of the HD Insights Podcast. I'm Kevin Gregory, Director of Education, Communications, and Outreach with the Huntington Study Group. On this episode of the HD Insights Podcast, we spoke with Ken Serban. Now, many of you may not recognize Ken Serban by uh, his legal name, but you may be more familiar with his work under his pseudonym, Gene Veritas. I met with Ken in Sacramento recently at our annual meeting, HSG 2019, and we covered a number of topics, including how he came up with the pseudonym Gene Veritas, how he decided to start his blog, and what prompted him to kind of finally come public about who he was and who this Gene Veritas had been writing this blog all along. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the HD Insights Podcast. Ken, thank you for joining us on the HD Insights uh, podcast. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you here at, as part of HSG 2019 in, in Sacramento. Um, well, thank you, Kevin, for uh, the invitation to be a part of this this broadcast, and uh, it's it's an honor to attend uh, really what's going to be my first HS, HSG conference. Uh, many years ago, there was one in San Diego that I kind of partially uh, attended, but that was kind of before these things were more uh, open to, to, to the uh, HD families. Uh, so it really is an honor to be here today talking to Absolutely. you and, and supporting our community. Well, it's our pleasure. And, and that's actually a good place for us to start. So I know you're going to be um, you know, participating in the, in the family day session. Um, you know, what about the, you know, the HSG meeting kind of drew you to, to, you know, to want to come and want to be part of that? Well, I think the fact that uh, the HSG is uh, compared to, let, let's say, HDSA is not uh, as well known in the HD community. And so I think as a blogger and as someone who, if I'm lucky, will get to someday write a history of the Huntington's movement, because I am a professional historian, that's my job, my day job, as it were, uh, I think that it's really important uh, to get the word out there about what HSG is doing and to realize that it is an important part of the history of, of, of the search for Huntington's therapies. And I also think that uh, HSG is something that uh, I just haven't had time to research as a, as a blogger. Uh, as, as you know and people in the community know, there are, there are so many uh, strands 
to the HD story. That's true. It's, yep. it's getting it's getting to be a bigger story, a more complex story. HSG is one series of strands in that story, which I just haven't had time to look at. And so, but it's it's such a critical part of the story that I really did want to come here and learn more about the HSG, which is why I interviewed Dr. Andrew Fagan. And I hope to, on family day, also interview Dr. Ira Scholzen about the history of the HSG. Two, two very good people to, to talk to, absolutely. Let, let's, let's talk a, a little bit about your role as a blogger. Um, what have you found to be um, you know, the, the most interesting thing about that? Like When you got into to starting your blog, where has it taken you that maybe you didn't expect to um, starting out? That's a great question, one that I haven't thought a lot about, but it, uh, I think uh, the blog started as a way for me to start uh, getting the word out there about HD, but that's, that's kind of a very strange statement that I'm making because uh, for many years I did the blog uh, using a pseudonym. And so it was, it's kind of a contradiction in terms. I'm trying to get the word out there about HD, but at the same time, I'm not even revealing who I am. So I, I began the blog using the pseudonym Gene Veritas, which means the truth in my genes. Gene, of course, means mm-hmm. genes. And Veritas is the Latin word for truth. And Veritas also happens to be part of the motto of Yale University, which I was lucky uh, to attend as an undergraduate, Lux at Veritas, Light and Truth. So whenever I use the name Gene Veritas, I'm reminded of my alma mater, which, which I love. Like yeah. all, everybody loves their alma mater, and uh, but I mainly chose it because of that that aspect of it being the the truth in my genes. And so I was in for many years what I call the lonely, the terrible and lonely HD closet, like so many of us in this community have been. And so the blog began as a way for me to, to I think, start expressing myself uh, about my fears about HD. My mother was uh, had declined dramatically at that point. Uh, I started the blog in January of 2005. My mother died just a year after that, in February of 2006. In fact, the first year, I didn't write a lot in the blog, actually those first couple of years, because uh, my mother died and uh, it was very difficult for me to just do anything regarding Huntington's disease. And uh, it was like, uh, as I describe in one of my articles looking into the, to a genetic mirror uh, looking at my mom and uh, seeing what could be me because I know I knew that I had inherited the genetic defect from my mother and so the blog was a way it was a catharsis it was a way for me to get those feelings out there share those feelings I started making friendships uh, through the blog and people started making comments on the blog uh, there were people in the HD community who, uh, uh, who were getting emails 
from the blog. It was it's funny in in the, in the early years I I sent it out over Yahoo, and uh, Yahoo would allow you to send out just X number of emails per hour or something like that. Right. So. I actually became the pioneer in the San Diego chapter of the Huntington's Disease Society of America for using uh, an email service. We first used IntelliContact, and then later we moved to Constant Contact. But that all happened because I had to find a way to send out my blog without it being marked as spam and without it also being uh, uh, something that I had to spend several hours just to send out the email. And so I, I built up the email list over the years. And so I've made friendships through email. I, I, I guess that's one of, and through the blog, I guess that's one of the unexpected things that occurred is that I would build some very strong relationships uh, through the blog. And I think that uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't anticipate with the blog that I'd be covering such a wide variety of things. Uh, we're, we're talking again about the many strands of the HD story. I, I ended up writing about so many different topics in the blog, uh, very sensitive issues, things like uh, abortion uh, and the fact that uh, people, uh, like my wife and I did, had our daughter tested in the womb. Uh, and uh, luckily she she tested negative in the womb and uh, it was a very difficult moment for us of course and uh, but that that led me to uh, think about what other people are, are doing with respect to family planning and Luckily today, there's pre-implantation genetic diagnosis, uh, there, which is still has risks, and still for some people that's ethically maybe questionable. I mean, there's there's a lot of debate about these kinds of things, yep. and uh, so as I'd like to say, uh, we in the HD community we have been moral pioneers. That's a phrase I borrowed from someone else. But we're more we're moral pioneers because we're having to deal with these, these kinds of issues. Things like genetic testing. We're one of the first wave of people to go through genetic testing in the 90s. My mom in 95 was genetically tested for HD. She certainly was one of the most one of the first people of you know to be tested for, for HD. Mm-hmm. And uh, just two years after the test was developed in 93 and I was tested in 99, still in that kind of first wave of, of testing where the, where the 100% genetic test was available. And so uh, dealing in the blog with just a variety of issues, uh, there was one article I wrote that had a huge impact about um, an HD man in West Virginia who was arrested by the the police detained by the police and he was uh, he, because of his involuntary movements they thought he was drunk they thought he was on drugs they thought he was resisting arrest and the poor guy was being held down and the officers are just had their knees on his back someone caught this on video just went viral and I wrote about it in my blog and the man is saying 
I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You can hear in the audio of the video, he's saying, I can't breathe. And they're very insensitively, it's really interesting because in, in the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, you've got these horrible situations where people are, are, are killed, right. you know, by officers who are using excessive force and uh, are using some kind of hold or whatever on people. And here's an example of a guy who, uh, you know, it, it was not an instance of racism, but an instance of, an instance of uh, misunderstanding about a genetic disease. Mm-hmm. And it is one reason why we need to make HD more known. Uh, to avoid situations like this. Another thing the blog led me into and my advocacy led me into was precisely to interview uh, a policeman, uh, a sheriff's uh, officer in San Diego about a program called Take Me Home, uh, which many departments around the country have this program whereby they have a database of uh, individuals who have Alzheimer's or Huntington's or different kinds of conditions and if these people are seen wandering or they're, if they're gone missing, the police then know to go out and get them. And so there's a protocol for helping these people. So the blog took me into just many different directions. And the science also, I, it became a way for me to try to translate the science into understandable language. I, I think, I know that's one of the goals now of the HSG, because uh, Dr. Fagan was telling me about that. Uh, in my interview that I did with him today, uh, that uh, uh, there, there, there's so much out there with the science, and and so one of my one of my goals has been to try to uh, really uh, get that into understandable language, so that the community can can under, first of all grasp what the scientists are doing, and second of all have hope, have hope. Because if you don't talk about what the scientists are doing, where's the hope going to come from? We'll return to the interview on the HD Insights podcast in a moment. We hope that you're enjoying this episode. As a nonprofit organization, the Huntington Study Group relies on the generous support from the community and listeners like you to continue bringing you in-depth content on HD, like this podcast series. If you like what you're hearing and are interested in supporting HD Insights through a grant or donation, please contact us through our email address, info at hsglimited.org, or by calling toll-free at 1-800-487-7671. We greatly appreciate your support. And now, back to our episode. You talked about the blog being, uh, you know, cathartic for you, um, and the fact that, you know, uh, initially you started under the, the Jean Veritas pseudonym, what was it that prompted you to reveal your identity as Jean Veritas? You know, I, Ken Servant is Jean Veritas. A number of factors. Uh, I had discussed for a long time with my wife, Regina, and uh, who's from Brazil, by the way. We met in Brazil in 1991 when I was down there doing my PhD research. We met on a blind date on July 5th of 1991. We've been together since. We got married then in 1992. 
and uh, so uh, Virginia has uh, been through all the ups and downs with me over the years regarding uh, Huntington's disease. Uh, she was there when we found out that my mom had been diagnosed. Uh, she was there for the genetic testing, of course, obviously there for the birth of our daughter, Bianca. We went through all of that together. So I had many conversations with her and some of my closest friends and, and, uh, and confidants regarding, uh, you know, how should I go public? Should I go public? What are the consequences? That's a conversation that I had over a number of years. And uh, the moment came in 2012 Hard to believe that's seven years ago. Uh, this month, in fact, it was November of uh, 2012 that I wrote an article in the Chronicle of Higher Education. And that article is still online. People can look it up. It's called Racing Against the Genetic Clock. And uh, in that article, I went used my byline, my academic byline, Kenneth P. Serban. And uh, the, the Chronicle of Higher Education is a fairly well-known publication, certainly in academia, and uh, it, from time to time, reports important news that gets into the mainstream uh, media also. And so it, it was quite a, an impressive vehicle for me to be able to uh, re reveal my HD status. And I decided to do it uh, because I felt that... Uh, I was a full professor at my university. I felt I had greater job security. I felt that with the passage of Obamacare and uh, the end of the prohibition on uh, insurers blocking people from coverage because of pre-existing conditions, that also was a huge relief for me because another thing that I had hid all of those years was from my very own health plan my Huntington status. When you when you look back on it it's really really absurd that I had to go through that and that so many people have had to go through that. And so uh, the passage of Obamacare and, uh, and, and I will defend virtually to the death this notion of protecting people with pre-existing conditions. I mean, that, 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 and I know the HDSA also defends that, that notion that we need to protect people with pre-existing conditions, not just HD, but any, any condition. And uh, I'm willing to debate anybody, anytime, on any stage on that issue. Uh, and uh, I know some people got irritated uh, when I wrote a, uh, first wrote a blog article on that, it, uh, the title was Goodbye Pre-Existing Conditions. That was before I even had gone public. But, uh, and, and several people unsubscribed from my blog. Uh, and they didn't say why, but I could figure out why. They probably were upset. And, and people need to understand that this is not a political issue. Right. In, in, in the end, we're, we are all susceptible to Huntington's disease. Republicans... Democrats, socialists, communists, gay, you know, lesbian, uh, uh, black, white, Chinese. I mean, anybody can get Huntington's disease. You know, it, it's not it's 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 non-discriminatory mm -hmm. in in that respect. And so this is something that uh, for me, it's about all of humanity. 
And uh, I hope that we get to a society where we don't have to worry anymore about these kinds of issues. Because I know a lot of people are still worried about health coverage and so on and so forth. There's still a lot of issues. But so uh, the passage of that aspect of Obamacare was very important. Uh, also, uh, the passage of the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, uh, that also played a role. Uh, that it's, it's not clear up to this point uh, to how uh, critical that act has been, but the very fact that it exists and that, there was, that there's a law that, that people could appeal to with that name also helped give me courage uh, to go out, to become, to go public. And uh, also, I think that uh, going back to that original comment I made about the blog, it's kind of a contradiction that I'm trying to get publicity for Huntington's disease, but yet I'm not even using my real name. Like one of our leaders in our local HD community in San Diego uh, said uh, one time at a support group meeting, he said, if we won't tell our own stories, who, why should anybody care about us? And that, that's really true. I mean, that's, I reflected on that. And uh, that was one thing that also motivated me, that yes, I really do need to be fully public. And, and it's, it, you know, we were scared. We were scared because uh, I, I did, I actually consulted an attorney before I went public, before I wrote this article. I made sure I had all my bases covered because I wanted to make sure that if I were discriminated against, uh, a legal action could be take place. I have to say that the reaction from my employer, from my fellow faculty members and other employees at the university was very positive. I was going to ask you that. What what was the, you know, did you experience any of that or was there any kind of adverse reaction that, you know, you weren't expecting? Uh, there, to my, I have not had any adverse reactions to this day. Uh, I mean, there may be people out there saying things, thinking things. I mean, I think uh, a lot of HD people wonder about their symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe more than we HD people, it's the people around us who are probably wondering about right. our symptoms. But I've never talked to anybody at work about that, or, or it's only at support group do I talk about those kinds of things. But I'm sure that I, I sometimes I'm worried now because I'm thinking, well, like if I slip in my use of a word or if I, you know, maybe stumble walking down the hallway or something like that, I sometimes think, oh, my gosh, am I getting HD? And then I'm thinking maybe someone else is thinking, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it's time for him to go on yeah. early retirement or something like that. But thank God I'm up to this point considered still pre-symptomatic. So I don't think I've demonstrated any classic symptoms of HD, but, but still there could be those adverse reactions. But in terms of people discriminating against me, no. Now, in terms of my career as an academic, who knows? Uh, I mean, uh, at this point, I don't anticipate moving from San Diego. I'm going to be 60 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to finish out my career at the University of, of San Diego. I'm, I'm in a profession where I'm very, very fortunate. I recognize being a college professor is a super privileged position because 
Uh, I get to work with young people. I, my mind is constantly stimulated by my academic work, which is great for keeping the mind active. I know there was a study on Alzheimer's patients and uh, uh, people working in, in academia had a lower incidence of Alzheimer's, probably because of their active minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm very fortunate uh, that uh, academia is one of the few professions left where you can make a career at a single institution. It's like people used to work the entire uh, career at, uh, you know, Republic Steel or GM or something right. like that, you know, but that doesn't happen anymore. We're all in a very mobile it's economy. Very, very rare, yeah. Very, very rare. So I'm, I'm in my 27th year at the University of San Diego, and I hope to spend at least another 10 years there working and teaching. <laughs> hope to retire before I get HD. And uh, so uh, so th th it's been very supportive. Uh, and uh, uh, But uh, you never know, though, when somebody out there might be. So I'm, I'm privileged in the sense that I'm privileged in the sense that uh, uh, I have tenure. Uh, and I have a, 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 a relatively uh, amicable work environment. You know, it's not like working at Amazon, you know, or uh, working at uh, some kind of high-pressure bank or law firm or something like that. Yeah. You know. Well, I imagine, too, when, when colleagues of yours first found out, um, I imagine most of them probably didn't know what Huntington's disease was, so it was an opportunity, I assume, for them to, to educate themselves on it and, and help you spread the word. That's a good point, yes. Uh, that's absolutely one of the reasons I wanted to write that article, is to, is to raise the profile of HD. I think some people, I had maybe a vague notion of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the older people might have heard about Woody Guthrie. But uh, I think, yes, the younger people uh, probably don't have as much knowledge of, of Huntington's. And so clearly, and, and people, uh, people just, even if they've heard about HD, they really don't know what it's about. So yeah. that did provide me with an opportunity to, to educate people. Um, do you, I, kind of along those lines, do you find when you're interacting with, uh, you know, with people in the public, do, do more people think, know you as Gene Veritas or as Ken? Like, where's the, you know, is it, is it 50-50 or do you, you know, what, what would you say is kind of the split as, as far as how people recognize you? Great, great <laughs> question. Yeah. Well, uh, I think in the HD community, I'm definitely known as Gene Veritas. In fact, here today, a young uh, person came up to me at I, I uh, was walking by, I think when I was walking by to go meet you, uh, she saw me at, she was registering there or getting in line, mm -hmm. and she recognized me from the blog, and she said, oh yeah, I follow you on Facebook, and because I hadn't met her before, so, and she said, oh, you're Jean, right? And so, so yes, I think I am known more in the HD community as Jean Veritas, and I'm happy with that, I'm fine with that. Uh, I now put in my blog when I have a photo credit or something like that I just put in you know photo by Gene Ferritas aka Kenneth P. Serban so I, I use kind of like both interchangeably mm -hmm. I sign my blog now I used to sign it on the email just Gene Veritas but now I also put 
you know. Well, I, I know um, I had to I had to make the badges for this year's event. So oh. we did it. We did exactly that for you. So, so oh, thank you. Make the connection. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I, you know, personally, I, I think it's. I always thought it was a clever name, and <laughs> I, I was. I. I really like the story now now that I know that it ties into your your time um, at your alma mater at Yale that gives it even more meaning and I, I think it's it's a really good beacon for people um, you know that are, are kind of dealing with you know going into you know do I get tested you know am I at risk uh, you know am I you know pre do I have symptoms I, I think you've been um, you know a beacon for the community um, well, thanks for saying that, Kevin, uh, because uh, there, in the beginning there was some doubt. I mean, a, a, I think a, one of my confidants thought, well, what does that really mean? And what not that kind of goofy and awkward, that, that pseudonym? Because it, it is an unusual name. And, uh, but, but now it, 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 it actually it, it really is a trademark. You know, it, does, it does represent those things. Yes. You know, it's, it's really not about me. That's the cool thing about a pseudonym, and for the HD community, it's really not about me. Yep. It's really about the community and what we're all facing. So thanks for helping me realize that that's what it's about. Absolutely. I, I do. It, this has been a great conversation. I do want to ask you one question that you know I, I typically ask you know anybody on the podcast, and and your perspective is different. I've I've spoken with you know primarily with researchers, so I have their perspective. But from your perspective as someone in the community. In your time, you know, learning about Huntington's disease and doing the blog, describe for me your reaction to the evolution in treatments and care, um, you know, available for people and, and where you see things going in the, in the near future. Well, I think that uh, in, in line with what a lot of the scientists feel, I... Uh, I'm optimistic that there will be Huntington's disease treatments slash therapies mm -hmm. of, of, of some sort coming in the next 5, 10 to 20 years. I think that that's going to happen. And I look back at the time when my mom was diagnosed and when, when my wife and I first started attending support group. I was absolutely uh, forlorn about the fact that there was nothing. There was no hope. There was, there was HDSA, uh, but with not much of a research profile at that time. Uh, there was the HDF, Hereditary D Disease mm -hmm. Foundation, which frankly I didn't know much about at the time. And, uh, uh, and and it was not an organization that really publicized greatly what it was doing. And uh, then came along CHDI, and uh, I started attending the CHDI conferences. And and once again, I'm fortunate to uh, be in, in in good circumstances. I I'm in San Diego, where Ionis Pharmaceuticals is located. Right. And so when I first heard in 2008 that Ionis was partnering with CHDI to do a, a, a form of gene silencing, that really, really made me start to feel some hope. 
because uh, uh, HD uh, in the early, for me, the early going, which was the mid to late 90s, uh, the idea of actually altering the genetic workings you know of this of this disease it seemed science fiction right it yeah. really did seem yeah. like science fiction and uh some people did say like oh yeah maybe in 20 years that'll come up and, and in fact it is turning out to be about 20 years from the late 90s to the roche trial now it's coming up to be about 20 years and uh but it's uh, it's further along, I think, than I could have imagined, and uh, and I think that there are other clinical trials, uh, not just in in gene silencing, but in other types of therapies that are are very hopeful. So I, I think I think that uh, I tell people that. Uh, uh, you don't uh, you don't have to fear genetic testing as much as you used to. You don't have to fear fear this disease. You know, Charles Sabine said this at one of the CHDI meetings. Uh, uh, you know, we we can we have we can fear this disease less now because of uh, what the scientists are are doing. And I agree with Charles on that on that point. Uh, they're really making an effort. We're really making strides. Again, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. I do know in the Alzheimer's community uh, that there have been hundreds of clinical trials. None of them have worked. In Parkinson's, there's been I don't I don't haven't I don't know what the count is, but there's been many clinical trials in, in Parkinson's also. Mm. So uh, let's hope that HD, with its unique, you know, purely genetic cause, that this these treatments will potential treatments will work but uh, but again uh, we have to be uh, uh, both optimistic and realistic at the same time well I think you bring both of those um, to, to the to the field to families and you know we appreciate you working on the blog we look forward to many many years of continuing to read it as uh, as these treatments evolve even further but in the meantime, Ken or uh, or Jean Veritas, <laughs> thank you again for joining us for the, the HD Insights podcast. Thank you very much again, Kevin. Uh, again, a pleasure and, and an honor to be here in, in Sacramento. And you have a wonderful radio voice. You, you're, the, <laughs> you're the perfect person to host this podcast. Oh, well, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. And we you know, hope to keep this going as well. So thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the HD Insights podcast. I certainly enjoyed sitting down with Ken in person and learning more about who he was and how he came to write his blog and the tough decision about coming forward and revealing who Gene Veritas really was. Please stay tuned for the next episode of the HD Insights podcast in a couple weeks. Until then, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the HD Insights Podcast. Remember to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you automatically get the latest episodes to your device. Please rate and review this podcast with your feedback so we can continue providing the best possible content. 
If you are interested in providing financial support for the work needed to produce this content, you can do so by becoming an ongoing sponsor or through a tax-deductible donation. To do so, please email us at info at hsglimited.org. That's I-N-F-O at hsglimited.org. Or by calling our toll-free number at 1-800-487-7671. Thank you for joining us on the HD Insights Podcast from the Huntington Study Group.